Welcome to Roll to Save, the RPG history podcast. Gossip from Goblins. Hello, and welcome to a shorter, special edition of Roll to Save. We are a podcast looking at the history of role-playing games, and we released our inaugural episodes at the beginning of February 2020. Apologies for the title of the episode, my wife, the voiceover lady, thought this was far more hilarious than my original idea of listener responses. Throughout our time together in Wedded Bliss, she has always referred to the hobby of role-playing as playing at goblins. I'm sure there's no insult intended. Goblins aside, we've had a fantastic response from you, the listeners. So we've decided to put together a special episode where we go through some of the communication we've received and share it with the rest of you. It seems that Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay was a favourite topic for many people out there and, nostalgia aside, it still sees a lot of play today. While there were many that seemed to love the old first edition, we also received correspondence from people about later editions. Vili Howlinen at REDDFER44 on Twitter was kind enough to offer us his views on 4th edition which he and some friends had recently played. He was quick to caveat that his group had experienced some creative differences around playstyles and expectations, so he was sure that his experience of the game wasn't typical. This was his first experience of Warhammer Fantasy, and he remarked that although the system was more streamlined than 1st edition, it didn't seem as streamlined as a lot of modern games today. As an example, he pointed out that whilst what Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th edition does with success levels is pretty cool, and manages to generate a lot of information with one roll of the dice, stuff like the advanced scheme seems a lot clunkier. He also mentioned that, while in theory he really likes the combat system, it is much too cumbersome when you have a melee involving multiple players and NPCs. From the example he gave, and the amount of maths involved, I'd go as far as to say that First Ed seems simpler. Perhaps others have a different point of view. He went on to say that there was still a lot of swing and miss in combat, something that was one of the main points of contention about the earlier edition, which we talked about last episode. The feeling of his group was all of the added maths didn't really pay off. It seems that having to do all that number crunching was exhausting, which led to the poor old GM not really bothering with good descriptions in combat or thinking of fun ways to use the advantage mechanic. One feature that Vili was fond of, though, was character generation, where 4th Ed strikes a good balance between the traditional roll the dice and see what comes up approach and, actually, I'll just pick what I want to play. Rewarding characters who are willing to put their fate in the hands of the dice gods seems like a good way to go. He was also critical of how the starter set implemented the dramatic tests. Rather than give examples of how these tests could lead to cool and unexpected plot twists, this is how it's positioned in the rulebook after all, it seems that they are relegated to, and if you get this level of success, you get this additional information. We really appreciate the time you took to share this detailed and insightful feedback, really, and apologies if I butchered your name. 
Caleb Moshier, at Caleb Moshier on Twitter, very kindly shared his memories of second edition Warhammer Fantasy roleplay with us. He has owned or owns every edition of Warhammer Fantasy roleplay so far and believes that second is his favourite, as it is very easy to change it to suit your needs. An example of this that he shared was the critical hits. For shorter games, where PC death is easier to accept, they are as bloody and gruesome as ever. For campaigns, however, there's different rules. Likewise, there are complex rules for training that you can implement if you'd like to have the game take on a completely different look and feel. Thanks again for this, Caleb. We've not had much experience of Second Ed, other than my good self getting grumpy about the artwork, so it's nice to get the perspective of someone who has actually played it. Oh, and I almost forgot, Caleb has a YouTube channel, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. One of the comments that we really loved came from the brilliantly named Dancer in the Scorpion's Shadow, I should point out as a risk-adverse project manager, that sounds terrifying. He's also known as at Clark Meiji on Twitter. He said about our podcast, If I had to run to get over to Google Podcasts to listen to that, I would have broken my legs in the process. While this remark was very cool, it's what he went on to say, after we discussed fighting fantasy and promised to do a later episode on the subject that made our collective day. Based on this exchange, I've just ordered the Warlock of Firetop Mountain to play slash read with my son who is seven. Fighting Fantasy, the gateway drug that keeps on giving. All joking aside, that was amazing to hear. I get my son into Fighting Fantasy at a similar age, and despite growing up in an age of video games as far as the eye can see, he loves them. Island of the Lizard King is his favourite, closely followed by Death Trap Dungeon, and City of Thieves. Clearly that Ian Livingston knows how to engage a young audience. At Uncaring Cosmos on Twitter joined the fighting fantasy debate and seems largely in agreement with my son but with a different number one spot. He said, House of Hell is still number one for me, followed by City of Thieves, but Death Trap Dungeon is a close third. Thanks very much to all of you who got in touch about fighting fantasy Rest assured, we will be covering this in a future episode. Back onto the subject of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, Kaiju Stew, at Kaiju underscore Stew on Twitter, got in touch to tell us that he doesn't have a particular favourite edition of Warhammer. He likes First Ed for that old-school RPG vibe, Second Ed for its gritty and grim feel, and Third Ed for when he's in the mood for something more heroic. He was also quick to point out that Third Ed had the best production values and First Ed had the clunkiest rules. However, he's just acquired 4th edition, so we'll be interested to hear what he thinks of that. Zweihander, the grim and perilous RPG, came up briefly on our last episode, in particular about how impressed we were with its high production values. But this comment from at tsethv on Twitter summed up just how weighty and good looking the book is. I actually used it to anchor my car during a particularly violent tornado, but yes, the art inside is gorgeous too. Finally, we'd like to give a shout out to another new podcast dedicated to RPGs. Rob, at Old Shabby Gamer on Twitter, I think that's how we all feel, 
has started a podcast called Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. As a Scotsman, I appreciate the nod to a national poet. Rob's podcast deals with old school gaming and at the moment is focusing on The Hobbit and how it relates to role playing. It's well worth a listen to and we'll include a link in the show notes. We'd like to thank all of those who have taken the time to get in touch with us. We're genuinely surprised and flattered that so many people have done so after just one episode. If you'd like to contact us, find us on Twitter at SavePodcast or you can email us at roll.2.save.pod at gmail.com Yep, we've still not got rid of all those dots. If Facebook is your poison of choice, you can find our page by searching for Roll to Save. Also, if you're feeling generous, please take the time to leave us a review on your podcast directory of choice. Our next full episode should be out at the beginning of March. Join us then for a delve into the world of Dungeons and Dragons.